0: Thank you Chris. Everybody has a destiny. The great dream giver has given each one of you a dream. What's your dream? Today I, ho- I hope to open that up to you and I'll read from Jeremiah chapter 1, then the of uh, Jeremiah 1:4, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, "Before I formed you in the womb I knew you, before you were born, and I want you to hear that, God has sanctified you. He separated you and consecrated you for His purpose. He ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Now, not all of you are ordained, very few have ordained to be a prophet, but you've been ordained to be a somebody for Jesus. And you have been born again for His purposes. So God has a dream. I got called in a dream. In 1968, God called me in a dream, and he put a dream in my heart. I have have a destiny. It's evolved over the last 48 years. Some of it, most of it in the last 10 to 15 years has become settled. I know my dream. I'm called a pastor pastors. I'm called to be a trumpet to the body, to wake the body up that, hey, it's time for the third great awakening. I've been called to raise up a generation of Nazarites, separated and consecrated. Couldn't give a flip about the world system and what's going on in the world. We just started the school of the Nazarites on Monday night. Uh, I'm teaching that. I started that school off. We're training. I got about 30 Nazarites in my class. I'm going to download into 30 young people, and some of them are a little older, and I'm going to raise up a generation of Nazarites that's going to kick the Hades out of the devil. And so, and then I'm a messenger of hope. Today it's a mix. I'm bringing hope and I'm bringing challenge, a prophetic challenge. Five truths to determine your destiny or your dream. 2 Corinthians 4.16. And I'll read it from the Word, but it's up there. Therefore we do not lose heart. Mary mentioned that scripture. Even though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Once you hit my age, you realize the outward man is slowing down. I ain't going to call it perishing, but it's slowing down. For our light of affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things seen are temporal, but the things not seen are eternal. You need to get that. I said, you need to get that one. This world's passing away very quickly, and your life is passing away very quickly. We live in a material world. We live the things that are seen. We live in a world that we can see, the world of, Sound and smell. I love, I got a great nose. I love the smell of Alabama food. We live in the world of music and movies. If we can just get the movies out, the church will have revival. Nobody shot me down. We live in the world of footballs and shopping malls. Boats and coats, boats are okay. We live in the world of education and recreation. We live in a material world, the world of Wall Street and stock markets, the world of politics. We also live in a world that's in distress. This world that we call the material world, a world full of poverty and hunger. Two thirds of the world's going to go to bed tonight hungry. Two thirds of the world, well, you ought to shout when you eat today. Because. Most of the world is not going to eat lunch today, and they may get something by nightfall. We live in a world of bloodshed, the Middle East. One million Christians have been raped, murdered, and slaughtered and beheaded, and most of the church world yawns. The White House yawns. And for whom the bell's toll. If you're not concerned what's happening over there, it's liable to come here. Are you with me? I I pray for my brothers and sisters that are suffering in the middle. I was at a a football game my son, my grandson plays for Dartmouth, And, and I was sitting there, and God burdened me for the refugees that were coming across the waters, and a lot of them drowning just to get away from the slaughter. I got burdened during the football. Brother Rod, why don't you just relax and enjoy football? You tell that to the Holy Spirit. And so I feel someone. I, I think he's excited about me being compassionate about people. Abortion abounds. 3,200 will be murdered tomorrow. Planned Parenthood is funded by our tax money. And some people want to still support it because they do a few good things. They don't do anything that's good, nothing. When you murder 330,000 babies and sell their body parts, nothing is good about it, nothing. Not one thing. Don't shout me down because one of the candidates said we should still fund it because they do some good. Nothing is good. When somebody says that, they've lost my vote. I'm not going to name the person. I I can name? No. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I just get very passionate about certain things. We live in the world of mental illness. It's destroying our young. Mental illness is no longer something for us older age. It's destroying our young right now. I got a letter from one of the most spiritual girls that I ever knew. And it's many years old. I'll read a little bit of it to you concerning the world of distress. Daniels 10.8 says, There remains no strength in me, for my strength was turned in me into ruin, and I retain no strength. Brokenness is the total shattering of all our human strength. You know that? It recognizes the full reality of sin and the reproach it brings to the name of Jesus Christ. However, it has the absolute assurance that things will change, that healing, restoration, rebuilding will come. Your ruins will be reclaimed by God. Daniel 10, says, Stand upright, for unto thee am I now sinned. Brokenness says that God is at work. Satan can't hold us. We're not going to deteriorate or fall. Sin has grieved us, but repentance is here. Now it's time to rise, claim, and rebuild. We have all we need in Christ. God is at hand working in our family. All is well, and the devil better beware. I love you, Daddy. (laughs) Lynn, that was my daughter. Most spiritual child that I had. You just hurt a heart. And devil wiped her out in, at the age of 44. I hate the darkness. I hate evil. Evil destroys and takes away our most precious. So we live in a material world. This is not heaven. This is planet earth. And there's a lot of resistance down here, but we gotta know that Jesus is gonna win the day for us. And somehow, someday, some way. Hey, Amanda. You're you're Dr. Jerry and Janice's daughter. I see a breakthrough coming to your life. When I looked at you, I just felt the Lord said the Red Sea's about to open what the enemy has meant for your destruction, God's going to turn it for your edification. And I told Heather that a new day was coming, a new beginning. I see a new beginning for you and a new day also. And out of it, you're going to be a warrior. You're going to go further than your mother Janice. You're going to take down darkness, and you're going to become a fighter for freedom. Yeah. On, on, Hallelujah. But it's good to get, uh, it's amazing how many good people God has in Alabama after watching your coach mess up so much. And. But we, we not only live in a material world, we live in a spiritual world. Aren't you grateful for that? We live in a, look at, we look at the things which are not seen. There's an unseen world. We serve an invisible kingdom, we serve a king. His name is Jesus. Therefore, verse 17 says, Our line of affliction is but for a moment, and it's working for us. That's a present, ongoing thing. It keeps on working. Everything is working for our good. The sad days, the bad days, the glad things, everything, if we'll keep our eyes on Jesus, it's all working for our good. The setbacks and the storms are are working for our good. I appreciate your pastor, Keith and Kelly. They've gone through a lot of storms, but they're still standing. They're still serving. Everything. Uh, uh, a, you know, I get tested. Uh, as you get older, it, it don't, it don't ever stop. So, Brother Rod, don't tell me that. I'm telling you, don't ever stop. My greatest test used to be my success. Now, my greatest test is my regrets. When you reach my age, you tend to look back too much, and that, that's sin. I, I, he who looks back is not fit for the kingdom, and, and I've got to stay out of that. And Mary knows about what I'm talking about. I I can't live in my past failures. I I have a bunch of them, by the way. I remember the cabin failure, and and when we built that cabin, Mary, up in the mountains, and you said, don't do it, Rod. And I I went and borrowed money to build a cabin to sell it to make money, and and I've taught against debt. I've taught against debt all my ministry life, and I went against my teaching, and guess what? I got spanked. The, the year it got completed, the sale, 2008, the real estate market fell. I lost eighty thousand dollars. I don't like that. Mary didn't like that. She had to stop shopping at T. G. Max for two weeks. <laughs> the Christian school, our Christian school, is down. I, I, our blood and guts went into that thing, and I. And for 34 years or longer, I forget, 40 years, we, we, we raised up Christians under Christian education. I believe in Christian education. I don't believe in common core. I don't believe in all this, this stuff that's going around. I believe that God has a desire to have Christian education for our kids where they're, they're trained in the Word of God as well as, as great, great curriculum. Amen. And, and it, it went down. And, and, and a, a vision has died. And and. and and i know what happened it was just poor management and i'm i'm responsible and uh, if i look back at all my failure in that poor administration of that school i, I, I get i get down i get upset i get uh, and 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 guess what when you regret energy is sucked out of you joy is sucked out of you peace is sucked can't live back there now i know better but it's, i tell you what i i don't understand human nature but we got it and and if we're not careful, we yield to it, and then we get defeated in it. You don't understand what I'm saying. Uh, when Lynn died, the, the night she the, that she the, the tragic death, and the next day I laid on the on the bed weeping and grieving, and 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 the voice came and said, "You should have did this, and uh, you could have did this, and why didn't you do that?" And and on and on, because she had taken her life, and and I, I laid there, and I and I got condemned, and I got uh, <laughs> and uh, I said, i uh, that's not the voice of heaven. I was a good daddy. I did everything I knew to do for her. I'm not going to listen. In Jesus' name, I command. And pow, it broke. Don't listen to that voice. Don't, don't listen to that voice that brings you back there, that, that tries to accuse you and condemn you, and I should have, I could have, I would have. Don't listen to that. But I'm just sharing a little bit of my own life experiences Thank God for marvelous. She keeps me moving forward. So, you got to keep moving forward. you got to keep pursuing your dream. Can't look back. Look back, you're you're defeated. So, the good news is we live in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't belong to this world system. We live for another kingdom. Obama's not our king. Jesus is our king. And, And the Supreme Court. Supreme Court does not have the last word. Heaven is going to have the last word. And one day the murder of the unborn will stop in Jesus' name. And that's the key. The only thing that will make America great again, and you've heard that term, is abortion has to stop. Nothing else. A businessman being president or whatever is not going to make America great. If you've got your faith there, it's in the wrong place. You better get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and a great awakening. The only thing that will make America great again is that righteousness comes back into our nation, that the murder of the unborn stop, that same-sex marriage law is overruled and shut down. That's the only thing that will make America great again. Now, you find me a guy preaching that from a presidential platform, he's got my vote. Other than that, he don't have it. Well, it's quiet in here, it's all right. You tell me what you think later, and if I have time, uh, if I don't agree with you, I'll just say I don't agree, and then I'll just go on, and I'm, I'm in Louisiana tonight. But we're misfits! We're not politically correct. Islam is not a peaceful religion. Islam is a evil religion. Islam is a principality in power, and it's come to destroy America. And the, and the one that, that the White House visited the other day is a radical, is a radical Muslim temple, whatever they call those things. Mosque, yeah. The guy that's over it is a radical. Muslim Brotherhood men are part of the advisory team of the White House. Muslim Brotherhood is a jihadist group and have killed many Christians in Egypt. Well, Rod, why don't you, why don't you give us some hope? Okay. How do we not lose hope? We must see with the eyes of a heart, not, not our head. Don't focus on the seen, verse 18, but focus on the unseen. King David on the battlefield faced possible death. That's in Psalms 121. said, I'm going to look unto the hills for which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The hill was where the temple was, where the ark was, where the presence of God was. I'm looking to God's presence and and." and and, and the Lord moved. When Lynn died, Brother Roy Stocksdale, who I was just at his memorial service last Sunday, called me, the call of all calls, Brother Rod, look to God. That's all he said. That's all he needed to say. From an apostolic father, that's all I needed to hear. The truth is, things are not what they seem. There's much more going around you right now that really meets your natural eye and your natural understanding. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that your hearts be flooded with light so that you can see and understand the confident hope that he's given to those he called. The confident hope that the eyes of your heart be open to see another world. Give me that song uh, again and pull up the second truth. Let's come down a little bit. Pull up the second truth, Chris. We live in a world at war. Confident hope. Is uh Steve and Jennifer in the house? Well, I'll wait on I'll wait on a word for you and Steve, the next service. Hope triggered something all for you. The second truth, Ephesians 6, put on God's armor so that you can make a stand against the tricks of the devil. We aren't fighting against human enemies, but against rulers, authorities, forces of cosmic darkness, and spiritual powers of evil in the heavens. Give me the next slide. Next slide. And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered to make war. I like that word, God is gathering to make war. Against him that sat on the horse and against his army, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. He that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and righteousness does he judge and make war. God's a warrior. Holy Ghost is a warrior. He's not a Santa Claus sitting in heaven just giving you anything you want. He's a warrior. And he wants you to join forces with him and make war with him. I'm a warrior. I'm here to make war against the darkness in Jesus' name. Not a political war. It's not a racial war. I don't care what they say in the White House. It's not a racial war. It's not a culture war. We live in a war with an unseen foe. Amen. Ephesians five sixteen. wake up from your sleep and climb out of your coffin. Christ will show you the light, make the most of your life. These are desperate times. I want to say it. These are dark and desperate times we're living in. And by the way, I'm a messenger of hope. I think there's hope. There's hope in a united prayer movement. There's a hope in a third great awakening. There's not hope in who's the next president. It's the third great awakening. That's where the hope's at. You can take the music down. Wake up. Christianity is not seven songs and a sermon and seven hours of television on a Sunday. Christianity is not a potluck dinner. Christianity is not necessarily Sunday school. It's okay. It's not about living the best life. That's all right, but that's not what it's all about. Don't shout me down. I didn't name anybody. (laughs) Biblical Christianity is about a war between good and evil. Come on, don't shout me down. I'm telling you the truth. God hates evil, God hates socialism, God hates humanism, God hates ISIS, God hates Planned Parenthood, God hates the fact that we're funding it with our tax money, God hates that, God hates any statement that gives Planned Parenthood any credibility, none, not any. <clears throat> I didn't name anybody. First John 5:19. the whole world is under the power of the evil one most of the church world don't, doesn't see it, so evil takes over. I've shared here before, we've crossed two, mer- two major moral boundaries that no civilization has ever crossed and survived. 1973, we lost the sanctity of life. 19, 2015, we lost the sanctity of marriage. No one has ever crossed those boundaries and survived as a nation. No, no nation in history. Our only hope is someone stands in the gap and gives God a reason not to destroy us. When you start approving, when it becomes the law of the land to prove a man kissing a man and a woman kissing a woman sexually, you have crossed the line that no nation has ever survived. I smell the smoke of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's it, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I like you. You sure didn't marry up, too. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> yeah, I married up. I, I, I read this. This is not Eden. You probably figured that out. This is not Mayberry. This is not Seinfeld's world. This is not Survivor. I don't like Survivor. The world we live in is a combat zone. It's a violent crash of kingdoms a bitter struggle unto death. I'm sorry to break the news to you. You were born into a world at war, and you're going to live in it all the days of your life in the midst of the great battle involving all the forces in heaven and hell played out here on earth. Listen, I got one more big battle in me. I'm 76 years old, but I got a prophetic anointing of me that just don't quit and it's multiplying. I got one more big battle and we're about to face it. This will be the tipping year. 2016 for our survival. And our only hope of survival is a great awakening. And I believe it's going to happen. I do, I believe. There there are prayer movements exploding all around America and globally. So I think, I think, Brother Keith, I wish you and Kelly would join me April 9th in Los Angeles when they're having the Zuzu Street gathering, outpouring. Just pray about it. April 9th, Los Angeles. Because the Lord showed me years ago that He's going to fill stadiums. We're, we're going into that right now. If we don't see a world at war, we're going to misinterpret a lot what happens around us. If we don't see it at war, the tragic div- divorce, why didn't God intervene? Free will. The, the, the tragic death of your child, where was God? She's a casualty of war. If you don't see things in terms of warfare, you're going you're gonna to charge God wrongly. God don't come to steal, kill, and destroy. God, God comes to give life. Well, well, well the, the the child that got molested by her daddy or, or her, her granddaddy, where was God at? Was God at work? No, demons were at work. Demons were at work. The, the plane that crashed right near the airport and all those people died in it. Uh, did God kill all them people? No, God didn't kill all. Uh, 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 Pilate's era killed all those people. God promises 70 and 80 by strength. That's God's word. That's what I live by. I don't believe in premature death. I'm sorry, I just don't believe in it. I ain't confessing it. I, I'm in the grace period now <laughs> by strength, 80. 80. No, John 10, 10 says the devil comes to steal. You've got to realize that your life is being opposed right now by the darkness. And and you're going to have to learn how to fight. If you don't learn how to fight, he's going to knock your head off. I know how to fight, so he's not going to knock my head off. He may give me a wound here and there, but I'm coming back strong, and, and he better watch it. He better watch it. In Jesus' name. And then, then the next truth. I don't have time to get into that other part. The next truth. You have a crucial role to play. Not some of you, but all of you have a crucial role to play. We're living in the days like that of Haman. Mordecai and Esther, who knows whether you come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You were born for this hour. You weren't born for the 20's. You were born for the 2015's. You were born for such a time. Joseph, remember, was the least of the 12, the youngest. He was 17 years old. He was a dreamer. God's put a dream in your heart to dream. God's put a destiny in your heart to be somebody for God's kingdom. He had visions of ruling. He had a crucial role to play, role to play. Thirteen years in a pit in a prison. God was preparing, putting iron in his soul that he might rule. It prepared him for a crucial role to save a nation. King David was a little shepherd boy, a little nobody in the back of nowhere. And he killed the lion, and he killed a giant, and God was preparing him to be a king. He had a crucial role to play, and God was using all that to prepare him. God's using every negative thing happening in your life to prepare you, to prepare you to have a crucial role in this hour. I don't care what it is. He's preparing you, I'm telling you. When, when the devil killed my daughter, he overplayed his hand because God put something in Mary and I that now he can't take away. He's sorry we got it we got a great capacity to love people, to, to serve people, and that came out of her death. That thing, something happened on the inside of us that exploded in God's kingdom. Devil, you My wife said that in the beginning. Rod the devil has overplayed his hand. So, Jonah Bark, you remember her, an illiterate farm girl in France, and God prepared her to save a nation. And you remember... You you remember uh, Peter, the loudmouth, the the failure, the guy that failed him three times back to back, and Jesus prayed that his faith would not fail. God prepared him in his failure to be a pillar in the early church. That's how God operates. So God has a plan for your life. Uh, Pastor Keith and Kelly, you, you were born for this hour, and God's preparing you to be pillars for a third great awakening that all of Alabama will come on fire for God. And even the Alabama Crimson Tide team will get on fire for God and pray for LSU. Yeah, I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. The the fourth truth, I got to close here in just a second. Stay connected. Fourth truth, stay connected. Stay connected. You must be connected to believers who fight for your heart. Two are better than one because they they have a good uh, reward for their labor. For by wise counsel, thy shall make war, and in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Jesus had 12. Day of Pentecost, there were 120 connected. They turned the world upside down. You're more than 120. If you can get it together here, you'll turn the world upside down. Not just Alabama. You'll turn the world upside down. Yes, sir. All in one accord, one place. Maximus, a small band of gladiators who overthrew an evil emperor. The fifth truth, and give me the final song. The, I'm a child of, child of God. The fifth truth, remember who you are. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new person, a man of old things passing away remember who you are you're the redeemed you've been set free from the power of sin and Satan remember who you are you are reconciled been brought back into his favor and his fellowship through the blood of Jesus you haven't earned it he earned it all you got to see is say yes Lord remember who you are you're not a reject, you're not a loser, you're a winner. Because God says you are, and that's who you are. Remember who you are. Somebody, somebody looked at your neighbor and said, Remember who you are. Remember who you are. You're a son. Give me some more music. You're a daughter. Raise it up. You're a child of God. You're a son. You're a daughter. I remember speaking over you last year. I'm glad to see you back. You're a daughter. Donna said, you're a daughter to her. If you're a daughter to her, then you're a daughter to her. If you're a daughter to her, then you're a daughter to me, granddaughter. You're a child of God. Don't receive those accusations that you're unworthy. You're not unworthy. You're worthy. God's made you worthy in Christ Jesus. Come on. You remember Lion King? The movie Lion King? I watched it. I liked it. Somebody said there was some kind of sexual thing in the clouds. I never saw it. I ain't looking for that. If you're looking, you're that perverted, look for it. I ain't looking for it. You remember the story? It was a beautiful kingdom. Then the evil one came and and tainted the kingdom. And Simba, the lion heir to the throne, he doesn't believe who he is. Remember his father got run over and and the devil came and accused him of murdering his daddy. And so in, in his unworthiness, losing his heart, he winds up with a warthog. I don't know what a warthog is. And a meerkat whose highest ambition was to eat breakfast, have lunch and dinner. <laughs> That's not you. Then one night, Simba's father appeared to him in a vision of the night. If you remember that, showed him in the clouds. And his father said, Simba, Simba said, Father. His father said, Simba, you've forgotten me. You've forgotten who you are. How could I? How could I forget? How could I forget you? No, you've forgotten who you are and so forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You're more than you have become. I want to say that to you today. Look inside you. You're more than you have become. But, Brother Rod, you don't know. I'm, I get angry and I get aggravated. Well, I'll come back and we'll break that stronghold. If you would hear, you'd be in my home sometimes You'd say, Well, I'm not so bad after all. But I remember who I am. So when I miss the mark, when I sin, when I become impatient, I'm patient. I'm patient, I'm persistent, I'm passionate, and I'm punctual. I repent. Simba said to his daddy, How can I go back? I'm not what I used to be. He just said, Remember who you are. You are a son of a king. <laughs> You are a son and a daughter of a king. Remember who you are. Don't listen to the evil one. Don't listen to the accusations. Don't listen to the shame. Don't listen to the guilt. Don't listen to the condemnation. That's never the Holy Ghost. Don't listen to you should have, you could have, you would have. Don't listen to any of that negative stuff. Remember who you are. You're a son. You're a child of God in Jesus' name. Come on. I'm spitting right now. Well, if you're here today, very quickly, if you're not born again, would you raise your hand if you've never been born of the king? Anybody here that's never been saved, just lift up your hand. Today's your day. Any, anybody here has been a victim of the accusations of the enemy, I want you to come real quick. You've just been under the gun. I mean, you've been hammered. And hey, James Patterson, you've been hammered. Yes, sir, we're here. You've been hammered and hit on and just want you to come. Pastor Keith, I want you to come and stand with me and grab a mic with me. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna speak the word of the Lord over your people here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.